and everything going. Hang on, I gotta get the electronics up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this has been this has been an interesting week. Um, I had the last part of altered states ready to go, and that's what I was going to be preaching. God did the old, nope, that's not what you're preaching on. I love when he does that in the middle of the week. <laughs> but, you know, I've learned being doing this for as long as I have is you can't argue with God about sharing his word because it's his word and he shares what he wants to share. And it, like I said, it's been a really rough past couple of months. And I have been running on empty physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I just so many of us. I feel are in the same boat with everything that's been going on. You know, I've been a mechanic for over 35 years. Yes, I'm old. I remember working on carbureted cars, if anybody even, some of you might not even know what that is. <laughs> but I remember working on them. And being a mechanic, I am a master tech. I pretty much can fix anything on a car that goes wrong. And But there's one light, like check engine light, light on my car that I never can stop from coming on, and that's the low fuel light. I mean, and now it's getting more painful to get that light turned off. <laughs> and almost over $3 a gallon. <laughs> you know? But, you know, so many of us are, life, are like that in life. I mean, how many here have pushed that light to its limits driving? And it's no fun when you're dead on the side of the road going, I thought I could make it another five miles. You know, and plus you always got your wife in the passenger seat. And that's no fun when you run out of gas, trust me. You know, my wife's one of these, if it's past a quarter tank, we're stopping to get gas because she's so paranoid about running out of gas. You know, and a lot of us are like that in our lives with our spiritual life. You know, we keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and we're running on fumes in our spiritual life. And it's, what happens is we end up in the same way. We end up dead on the side of the road. We end up ineffectual. We end up where, to a point where we, can't, we feel like we can't go any further. And that happens to all of us. It happen, happens to a lot of us pastors. We, you know, being a pastor isn't easy. You know, it was not in the job description, all the fun stuff you get to deal with. You know, when you first get into it, you get, I get to share God's word and life's going to be great. Then it's reality hits. It's like being a Christian. You know, you think everything's going to be roses and puppy dogs. And the Christian life is a, is a battle. And we, we do get empty from sometimes spiritually. And what it is is be spiritually empty. There are many people in the Bible who have felt spiritually empty. When we study God's word, it helps us to realize that even the greatest heroes of the Bible had points where they were spiritually fatigued, spiritually tired. And even Jesus, after he preaches sermons and everything, would go off alone and pray. He had to recharge. He had to refuel. And you look in the Bible, Mary, Mary Magdalene knew what spiritual weariness was. Can you imagine the despair after witnessing the crucifixion and death of her close friend Jesus? But the presence of Jesus comforted her weary heart just as he is available to comfort us. Jesus is always there to help us no matter what situation we are in. You know, it tells us in Scripture, John 20, 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in, in white seated 
where Jesus' body had been. At, at, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked, asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where, where they have put him. And she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus said to Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbin, which means rabbi, which means teacher. So many times we get so spiritually empty that Jesus is standing right in front of us and we don't even see it. Mary was so consumed in her grief at that point that she didn't even see that Jesus was standing in front of her. And you and it was so important that we realize we always remember that Jesus is with us. You know, Moses understood what it was like this for spiritual weariness. As Moses and the Jewish people fled out of Egypt, they grew physically and spiritually weary. They felt they had made a mistake and had ultimate expectations which left them spiritually drained and questioning God. I don't know about you, how many have gotten there in their lives where you're questioning God like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, why does this stuff keep happening? Why am I so tired? Why can't I ever get any rest? So many of us get to that point where we get so spiritual. And a lot of it is we never take time to refuel. Just like that car, we end up pushing on the side of the road. And it's no fun standing on the side of the road in the middle of the night hoping that somebody's driving by to give you a ride to a gas station. Been there on a motorcycle. It was not fun. <laughs> when, we make when we make a mistake, it can leave us spiritually and emotionally drained. But God is always there. God will always help us. We just have to ask us. You know, in Numbers 11, uh, Numbers 11, 11 through 15, he asked the Lord, Why have you brought us this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put all the burden of all these people on me? Did I not convince all these people? Did, you, did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms? A nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors. Where can I meet for where can I get meat for these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. I have found favor in your eyes and don't let me face my own ruin. You know, Moses Sometimes I feel a lot like Moses. You're carrying all this weight of every, your, your, your people, your family, everything. You know, God, why have you left me? And that's where so many of us get so spiritually empty that we think God is not with us. <laughs> the truth is God's right there with you. God is right beside you. He's carrying you. But we get so overwhelmed with our circumstances that we stop 
Stop realizing that God is with us. You know, Moses was crying, kill me. I mean, that's pretty sad. I have never cried out to God to kill me. I'm afraid he might take me up on the offer. (laughs) But no, I mean, here is Moses who, you know, he walked with God. He's seen the miracles. And all these people are looking to him for all the answers. And they're complaining and everything. And he's to the point where he is spiritually weary and tired. And that's where a lot of us are in our lives. How many here are spiritually weary? I see your hands. I am. I look at what's going on in the world. I look at this craziness that's going on. I look at every day seems to be a new battle in a war. And it's true, it is. And it is so hard sometimes just to get out of bed. But we keep pushing and we keep pushing. And like Moses was, he was to the point where he's like, just kill me. I'm done. And, you know, Job understood what it was like to be spiritual weary. So, I mean, these are the heroes of the Bible. I mean, Job had a really bad day, you know, when Satan was taken. During Satan was taking everything from him to test his faith. During periods of confusion and feelings of disdain from God, hears our cries and surrounds us with his grace. God's there. We have to ask him to surround us. But we got to stop being so busy and so worried and so drained that we forget to pray, that we forget to talk to God. It is so important that we take the time to spend with God. Spending time with God is never wasted time. I don't care how busy you are, what's going on in your life. Taking time to spend with God in prayer is never wasted time. You know, that's the way the world wants to think us. I mean, Job was pretty down. Here's what he wrote. Do the mortals mortals have heart service on earth? Are they are not their days like those of hired laborers, like slaves longing for even evening shadow, or a hired labor waiting to get paid? So I have been anointed months of anointed months of fertility and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss and turn until dawn. My body is closed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are, are swift, swifter than a weaver's shuttle, whatever that is. And they come to the end without hope. Remember, O oh God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. So Job really understood spiritual weariness. I mean, he wrote this in dismay, everything that was going on in his life. So don't feel upset when you feel this way, because the best people of the Bible have felt this way. They have felt, felt spiritually drained. They have felt like God has totally forgotten about them. But God never has. That's the point. You know, Paul understood what Paul, you know, being spiritually unempty. I mean, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He was super close with God, and he understood what it was like. After being commissioned by God and changing the direction of his life, Paul experienced trials and defeats within the new church. He worked tirelessly preaching the good news, only to face danger, conflict, and lacking lack of enthusiasm. But through his spiritual weariness, he stayed on purpose and was used mightily to spread Christian's message of redemption. 
Well, like I said, Paul faced a lot. I mean, the guy was bit by a snake. He was stoned. He was um, shipwrecked a few, quite a few times. I mean, traveling with Paul was no vacation. And he even knew what it was like to be spiritually weary. He prayed for God to take an affliction away from him, and God did not. But he kept the purpose. He kept, kept on purpose. When we lose sight of our purpose or ex- experience disappointments in a relationship, God can still bring us spiritual healing. That is something that we need to hold on to, that God can heal anything, and he will. You know, 1 Corinthians 11, 26, and 27, For whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord is an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. We can learn from each of these biblical, biblical characters that it is okay to call out to God from a place of physical and spiritual weariness. When we understand what spiritual weariness and being spiritually empty means, we can avoid trying to fix our spirits alone or ignore the problem. A lot of us ignore the problem. If something is wearing us down, we just ignore it. We keep pushing on instead of bringing it to God. You know, at night, I try to turn everything over to God before I go to bed because he's going to be up all night anyway. I cannot tell you the nights I've laid there sleeplessly with everything that's going on in my life just stirring around in this head. And it's a scary place up there, trust me. But, and it's just like I can't shut it off. And I used to think it was, uh, I used to get upset when I fell asleep praying. Sounds crazy, but, you know, like I'm praying to God and I fall asleep. But where else is it better to rest than in your father's arms? <laughs> You know, that's where you can find the peace you need is through prayer. We can understand what it is to be spiritually weary. We can't, we can't fix it ourselves. We have to spend time with God. That is what's so important. When we understand what spiritual weariness is, we can avoid trying to fix it alone, ignoring the problem. We isolate. When we isolate, it is dangerous and can be used to cause us to replace God's peace with a mixed bag of negative emotions and about ourselves and others. When we look for other fixes for being spiritually weird, that is when we stumble. That's when Satan loves to step in and hand us something to try fixing the problem. He is the one person you don't want you to hand a tool when you're fixing a car, because it won't be right. (laughs) God knows what you need. He knows what you fix. If we are feeling spiritually drained, and remember that we can draw closer to God, to Him. See God's there. Understand God. We can walk. He will walk beside you. You know why? You're going to ask yourself, why do we feel spiritually empty? We wonder why we, we why do we feel spiritually empty? It can cause us to question our faith and become discouraged, looking in the wrong places. We start listening to the wrong voice of the enemy. But what we have to do, it helps us to preserve when we realize the warning light is on. That light, when it comes on, comes on for a reason. We have a warning light in us when we are spiritually drained. It's called, the you know, I need God. I need to recharge. You know what? And it's okay to need to be recharged. It's okay to shut down and spend time with God. You know what? The stuff that's outside is still going to be there. 
It's like when you come here. I love Sundays for the time I'm here. Everything out there in the world is out there. It's beyond these doors. And that's where we need to put it in our lives. We need to shut it out and let God take control. You know, when we feel spiritually drained, it seems we carry we are we are carrying a heavy suitcase filled with disappointment, mistakes, unforgiveness, confusion, or fear. When we start to feel like that, you cannot just not do anything. This start to feel like you cannot do anything. There is ways to manage these things in your life that can lead you out of your spiritually being fatigued. When we identify the causes that causes to us that why we are spiritually drained, we can address the issues before we start to feel hopeless, disdain, and distant from God. To me, nothing is worse in my life than when I feel distant from God. I mean, I feel God almost every day. And when I don't feel that closeness, when I don't, I panic. And it's like, I know in my life when things are getting so overwhelming that when that distance starts feeling, when I start feeling that void, I need to do something. I need to stop. And here are five causes which cause us to burn out and run out of fuel. Conflict in our lives. Loss. You know, those are things that really cause you to be physical, physically fatigued. I know when losing my parents, losing people in my life, it has drained me. Illness. And when we're sick, it's kind of hard to be upbeat and worship God. It causes us to be spiritually God. We start blaming God. Why am I sick? Why is this happening to me? You know, like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I almost lost my eyesight. That scared me. And I'm like, God, I'm a preacher. I need my eyes. I'm a mechanic. I need to see. You know, but God's there. I made it through it. Stress is something that causes us to be spiritually drained. I know stress levels are up to here in everybody's lives. I know they are in mine. I don't know about yours. But stress and all in this. And unmet expectations are what's causing us. Things that we are wanting and hoping for that are just not happening right now. It helps to realize these triggers of being spiritually fatigued and trying to manage and eliminate them as much as possible. It requires us to examine our relationship, our habits, our spiritual disciplines. If you're not spending time with God, if you're living a life that's far from God, yeah, you're going to get spiritually fatigued. It's when we stay focused and stay connected is how we stay refueled. You know, light lamp doesn't come on if it's not plugged in the wall, does it? We're the same way. If we're not plugged into the Holy Spirit, we're not going to, to come on. You know, although this experience may be unpleasant in your life, they don't have to hold us captive or diminish our trust in God. His faithfulness or his ability to guide us towards spiritual healing is there, fulfilling his plan in our lives. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for everyone. When there... Um, Philippi Yacy wrote, when there is no longer an opportunity for doubt, there is no longer an opportunity for faith either. That is so true. When everything is roses and puppy dogs, there's no reason for faith. When things are, when things are falling apart, when things are not the way they should, when you, you're exhausted, when you're spiritually drained, that is the opportunity for faith. 
And sometimes I, I believe God lets this happen to us so that we turn to him. You know, to me, one of the biggest lies in Christianity is God will give you, never give you more than you can handle. Wrong. I believe sometimes he lets stuff pile up so you turn to him. When you have no conflict, when you have no doubt, when everything is perfect, there's no reason for faith. You know, we forget that there's a God giving us all this stuff. But when things are falling apart, when the wheel falls off the car, when you're out of gas on the side of the road, that's when you turn to God. So many of us as Christians live in this lifestyle. It's called in emergency, break glass and pray. You know? Guess what? That glass should have been broke a long time. You know the old saying, Jesus take the wheel? Jesus should have the wheel. You know, we need to stop living a lifestyle where Jesus is the last option. He should be the first option. And that is when how we get so spiritually drained, is when we continue to think, I can do this myself. I got this. My biggest flaw, and you can ask anything, is I got everything. I can handle everything. I can fix everything. I can take care of it. And when things don't go that way, that's when I become spiritually drained. When I become tired is when things are above me. It's just, it gets to a point where I don't want to get out in bed in the morning. And I know a lot of you feel like that. We're just in this world right now with everything going on. It is set to make us afraid. It's to make us be spiritually doubtful if God is in control. And he is in control. Like I often say, people may think things are falling apart right now. No, things are falling in place. This is God's plan. And we need to remember that. You know, there, what we need to do to be spiritually recharged is first we need to pray. You need to ask yourself, how often do you pray? Is it only as your last hope? Are you struggling to talk with God? Are you praying specifically for what is troubling you? Prayer is simply talking to God, enjoying a growing relationship with him. We can call, call out to him and express that we are feeling spiritually drained. We can ask for guidance. We can ask for comfort, comfort of his peace and love. Like I said, Jesus often himself went off to pray to spend time with his father when he after he did things. The night before he was being crucified, he went in the garden and prayed. It is so important that we spend time praying. And prayer is easy. You don't have to go, you know, you can pray anywhere. It's, you know, everybody thinks you've got to go in a quiet room, kneel down, be, be alone. You can, I pray at work. I pray all the time. I talk to God. Sometimes I'm waiting for him to put me on hold. Because I'm calling him so much. But God wants to hear from you. He loves you. You know, it's like when I get home, I can't wait to talk to my kids. Find out about their day. Talk to them about Spider-Man or whatever. I want to hear from them. And that's how God is. We, he wants to hear from us. You know, I had somebody tell me one time, I don't talk to God because, I mean, I don't pray to, about things in my life because God already knows what's going on. Well, he does know what's going on. He is all known, but he wants to hear from your, his children. And that is what we have to spend time to recharge. It's prayer is the most important. It's talking to God. That's how you build a relationship with anybody, is by talking to them. You know? If you're not talking to somebody, you really don't get to know them. But when you spend time talking to them and listening to them, 
You know, the biggest, one of my favorite things is be still and know I'm God. Sometimes I'm so busy with everything, it's just, I stop. And I just listen for God. Sometimes, you know, we have to turn down the world and turn up God. And the world just wants so much noise out there to distract us. He wants to keep us from praying. And I pray about everything. I mean, God is never going to be too busy to hear your prayers. So prayer is the first and most one of the most important. The second is read your Bible or other spiritual inf- inf- information. You know, worship music, books, spend time refueling. You know, the Bible is a great book. You can open it anywhere and read. It's not one of those books you would open up in the middle and go, what's going on here? You know, I strongly, st- I strongly suggest don't start in Leviticus. <laughs> To me, that <laughs> Chris is laughing. Uh, I had to take a class on that in seminary, and I'll tell you, Leviticus was like, <laughs> not a good place to start for a new Christian. But I'm telling you, open your book and spend time with God. There are many approaches and systems to reading the Bible. There is no wrong way. You can open it in the middle of the end and still know your Heavenly Father. You know, like I say, there's no wrong place to start reading the Bible. You know, God's word and hearing from him. But when we learn how to overcome spiritual fatigue by reading and refueling with God's word, it helps us to be, to be stronger, to be able to deal with things. You know, the Bible to me is the most amazing book that I've ever seen in my life. There's the answer to everything in the Bible. It's better than Google. It's so important that we remember that. I don't, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a Catholic home. You did not touch the Bible. It was, it's, it actually, I still have my mom's Bible. It's in the box. And, you know, my, you know, it looks like the day it was printed. You know, my Bible's got notes in it, papers falling out of it. The best thing you can leave your children in your life and your loved ones is a worn out Bible. You know, usually if your Bible's falling apart, you're pretty well together. If you never read the book, if there's enough dust on it that you can write, read me on it, you're missing out on something very important. That book is meant to be read. It's meant to be lived. You know, it is meant to change your life. And that is so important that we remember that when we're running on empty, just pick up your Bible and read for 10 minutes. I'm sure you will find something in there to refuel you. God's word is amazing. You know, I can read the same verse of scripture and get something out of it 10 different times. And that is where we lose track of it. You know, phones are great, okay? The, we have our Bible apps on our phone. But I still love the old-fashioned Bible where I can write notes, I can circle stuff. You know, and it's funny, when you start reading a certain verse or it's funny your Bible tends to open to that because you've opened it that much and that to me is so important that we spend time in that book it's a love letter from God for you it's a guide to get through this life you know what they said the Bible originally this Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth you know we need to open up the instruction manual you ever try to put an Ikea thing together without the instructions doesn't work Life is not going to work without us opening up our Bible and reading it. And like I said, put on some Christian music. Spend time with God. You know, listen to some good Christian solid books on tape. Take the time to spend time knowing God. 
when you get into books, be careful about who you're reading, who you're listening to, because a lot of them are just not solid. But you know the Holy Spirit will tell you if it's a solid book. But it will help us to refuel and to be stronger and to learn and to recharge. The third point is talk to a spiritual mentor or trusted friend. If you have friends that are solid Christians, hey, they live a life that's crazy too. You know, and sometimes they need to hear from you as much as you need to hear from them. We all have mentors and people we look up to. We all talk to people. And that is so important that we spend time in fellowship with other Christians. You know, we have friends that are non-Christians. Yeah, we have them, but they're not the wisest person to talk to about life. You know, the fixing your marriage is not finding yourself a new girlfriend. If you're overstressed, going to the bar is not an idea to fix it. You know, no matter what, when you walk out of that bar and sober up the next day, your problems are still going to be there. And probably a few worse ones. The real fix is the Bible, prayer, and spiritual mentors that you have in friends. You know, I talk to Lenny two, three times a week. <laughs> you know, we talk, we talk to each other. And that's so important to have a friend. Find yourself a spiritual partner. Somebody who, you know, will call you on the rug. Who will give you advice. That is so important. That's part of being refueled. We are not meant to be an isolated person. We're meant to be in a group. We're meant to come together in fellowship and worship. And that is what else is so important. And my favorite, my thing is find yourself a refueling station. Find that gas station in your spiritual life. Where you go to refuel. Me, it's fishing. To me, that is where I go and I just sit there. I don't care if a fish gets on my line. I don't care. If one decides to bite my worm, that's great. But being out in nature and being... Looking at the water and everything, to me, is my spiritual refueling. That's my place. Everybody needs to find a place, something. If it's listening to worship music in your car, if it's reading your Bible, whatever you can do to spend time in a quiet place. Yes? The beach. The beach. I love the beach. But any place where you find that is where you can find rest and peace and spend time with God. You need to have a refueling station. Have anybody ever been running around on, on low fuel and can't find a gas station? That's not good. I remember when I was younger, it wasn't like these 24-hour gas stations. You had to find someplace open. And that was not fun. It wasn't pay at the pump. You know, if you were out of gas and the station would close, you were in trouble. But see, God's always open. That refueling station is always open for you. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to fill your tank. <laughs> and a foot now. I mean, it's getting crazy. It cost me 50 bucks to fill a Jeep that only has a 14-gallon tank. <laughs> That's crazy. But I'm saying, God refueling you spiritually is free. And that is something we need to remember. We need to stop and refuel. We need to spend time with God. This world is overwhelming. It is crushing. But we have a God that's light and gives us hope. And first admit, it's okay to just be held by God. Just let it go and let God hold you. Hey. You know, my boys, I'm going to get emotional because I'm talking about them. Every night they climb up 
and they hug me and they lay with me or sit with me. And Josh is getting a little big to get on my lap. Let me just put it that way. But you know what? I don't care. I know how my grandfather felt. <laughs> and that is what we need to do with God is just stop and climb up on our dad's lap. His leg is big enough for us, no matter how old we are, to sit there and be held by him. We need to refuel. We need to stop running on empty. To start a fire, you got to be on fire. And if you have no fuel, you can't be on fire. And we need to refuel. You know, so many of us in our spiritual life are dead on the side of the road, and we're just, we're overwhelmed. There's nothing left in the tank. We need to refuel that tank. We need to find a refueling station. We need to spend time with God. We need to stop listening to the garbage that's out there and stick to the truth. And my last point is we need to celebrate the small victories. When we feel spiritually drained, we can establish new patterns and activities. We can experience the moment of, or day of realizing that we may get discouraged, but our weariness will return. We can, we can learn to praise God at the moment and have rest each day until we reach a victory in our souls. Spiritually healing comes when we celebrate God's grace and mercy one step at a time. It's one step at a time. This is a, not a sprint race our lives. It's a marathon. And we need to refuel, even though it's marathon runners, they stop, you know, they have people handing water out and stuff. We need to refuel. We need to stop for a minute and rest. One step at a time, one victory at a time. Jesus won the victory at Calvary. Our lives are not over. We have lots of battles to fight still. But when we are refueled, when we're spiritually charged, the battles are a lot easier. I know taking martial arts in my life, when you were exhausted in your ring, your legs get heavy. Your arms get heavy. But when you're charged and you're refueled and you pace yourself, you can finish the fight. And that's what's so important in our life. We are in a battle. And it's a marathon. It's not, an, it's not a sprint. Every day is a new chance to praise God, to spread His God's Word. Every day is a gift. Now it's important. What are you going to do with the gift of a new day? There's a lot of people who didn't wake up today. You have been given a gift. And when you're spiritually drained and you're not spiritually charged, you're not going to be that effective. So you need to take the time to refuel. I'm praying that somebody here today can, will, will hear this and realize that they need to refuel and spend time with God. Like I said, I can't tell you how important it is to pray and read your Bible. And not, you know... When I first started being a Christian, I'm going to read the Bible. And it was overwhelming, but the more I spent time in it, the more I've learned to love it, the more I've learned that how God was, it's just so amazing how this book, 66 different books written over a span, come together that, can, that has every answer to your life. You know, I read, I, read, I read a lot. I read books at the sequels, not even following what's in the first book. <laughs> Same author, not all the authors that wrote the Bible. The Bible is perfectly written for our lives. And it is one of the best things we can use to refuel. You know, turn back to the basics. Spend time with God. Pray. Listen to worship music. Find a place to recharge. Find your fueling station. Everybody needs to find that place. 
I don't care if it's doing dishes. If that's where you feel close to God, do dishes. Come over to my house. Okay. <laughs> but whatever you do where you can take time and just recharge, relax, and spend time with God, listen to God, turn down this world. You know, like I said, God puts this message in my heart because I think I needed it as much as you did. I need to refuel every day. You know, we need to eat every day. You know, that's so important that we take time for the refuel. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today and just ask you to recharge, refuel us spiritually, mentally, physically. Grant us the peace that only comes from you, Lord. You know, I pray that the person who just feels like they cannot go any further today finds strength in you to continue the good fight. Lord, I pray for your return, and I pray that many more, many more come to you to come home on that glorious day when you take us away. In your heavenly name I pray, amen.